Okay, so far the question of states uh, are concerned. Uh, you know, figures uh, will continue to vary precisely because this is an you know an unfolding kind of situation. If I may put it that way, for an example, the issue that I had to deal with was across the country. If you take four provinces, in those four provinces we've had, you know, for instance, in Howden, one incident of death uh, related to the so-called political uh, sort of uh, motivated uh, incident uh, in the Eastern Cape, the same, in Northwest, the same, uh, in Pumalanga, also the same. So it's one, one, one to each province. But in KZN, the total number that we have had so far is of 25 incidences killings, incidences of uh, issues related to the so-called political uh, activities and so on. Now, but of those, 14 cases registered with us are cases of murder. And a sort of set of cases relates to about six or seven of those also uh, attempted murder kind of uh, matters and so forth. So the concentration basically of the, these particular killings largely have been in KZN. So by proportionate distribution, really, KZN is, 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 is leading insofar as these particular incidences are concerned. Mm. Expressions of concerns have been made by the Human Rights Commission, for instance, and the Election Monitoring Network, for instance, also. And they've said in, in you know, more than 20 years from the onset of democracy, it really is worrying that you still have such high levels of violence ahead of elections. And it would seem that it's a result of intra-party and inter-party contestation. Generally, all of us as Africans, we must be concerned about these incidences. Uh, not only just, not only from a policing point of view, but as social beings and citizens of this country, we must be worried by this uh, this parliament. So, in a sense, political parties have a duty to look at ways and means of how we, we continue to educate our people, for an example, around issues of political tolerance, for an example, the issues of uh, uh, conduct in relation to objectives of uh, democracy and democratic conduct in general and so forth. So, we, we all of us, whether, whether we are in a political formation or not, or outside thereof, uh, the fact of the matter is there is this work that we need to do. But let us also not forget that much as we have these incidences, the majority of South Africans are peaceful people and are for peaceful elections. Hmm. I know, Minister, it's... that you've appointed a special task team to look at this, but right. I'm going to ask you, what have you learned from previous incidents of um, political violence? I've heard you quote the Electoral Code of Conduct saying political parties should yeah. take responsibility. I'm saying one hmm. also ought to accept the limitations not only of civil society but of political organizations in dealing with this phenomena? I think, in my view, for instance, I think, I, think, I think the matter has got to be continued to be studied. For instance, what is this phenomenon that, that, that has now just arisen, for instance, in the build-up towards elections? Uh, and I think it's a different sort of uh, exercise and research approach that would have to be effected in trying to get to the why question. Uh, for an example, and, and part of the part of the complexity of this issue, and I was trying to clarify this thing also amongst other people when I was when I was uh, dealing with this matter earlier on, is that you may have a case of let's say yourself being a, a candidate of a, a, a political party X, right? But 
you then get taken out, get assassinated. But as and when we are investigating, we begin to discover, for an example, that actually you are also involved in some other legal matter somewhere else. And therefore, and this begs the question, do you still continue to say that this assassination is family, a politically related killing? Or is it a criminal-related kind of killing, for an example? Yeah. So a categorization and classification thereof, it's a complex matter because in terms of detail and content, it differs and varies from one to the next and then so on. Let me ask this then, Minister. There's been a total yeah. of about 64 killings uh, between 2010 and 2015. Have you noticed a pattern of whether or not there's a real connection between killing others and winning the electoral support on the ground? I have not uh, interacted with statistics between 2010 and 2015, for an example. I have not. Except that, yeah. After a year, the South African Police Service releases statistics uh, relating to issues of crime in this country. And we haven't had a category uh, in those statistics of political killings, for an example. But we have had statistics relating to issues of murder, for an example. So that's what it has been. The issue of the so-called political killings started getting accentuated, for an example, round about June 2016. And then we felt we needed to have a structured and a systematic approach in dealing with this. The allegations are beginning to emerge that some of the people are killed precisely because of political reasons and so on. And ours was to assemble a team of detectives, crime intelligence operatives, and other specialized sort of units, for an example, to begin to zoom collectively into these particular matters and look at how uh, those particular issues uh, actually get resolved. Um, so I haven't, uh, I haven't done a comparative sort of analysis and study comparing 2016 either to 2015 or to 2011 or, or any other year, for an example. We have had to deal with the cases reported uh, before us. So just finally, in terms of ensuring the right of people to vote, to participate freely <laughs> and fairly in the elections, can the police service say that it will be able to do that and hopefully prevent other political killings? We have uh, adopted the sort of a multi-pronged kind of approach, and it's, it's in three phases, basically. We have a pre-election phase, an election phase, as well as, uh, thirdly, the, the post-election phase. Now, we have categorized, not categorized, we have listed all areas that in South Africa are perceived and all classified as hotspot areas, for an example. And then we've said, look, the manner in which we need to deploy our forces on the ground must be informed by a material conditions as per each particular area. So, for an example, if under normal circumstances, you know, when things are all normal, in a voting station, you have you deploy two members there, police. But if then the situation is volatile and there have been incidences, incidences of violence around that particular voting district and so on, so surely you can't stick to the deployment of uh, two members. You need to increase your, your, your numbers there, but also the kind of support equipment that would have to be deployed to assist the work of such policemen and women.
on the ground to be able to effectively do their work there. Now, the fact of the matter is this, is that the majority of citizens in this country are peaceful people and are for peaceful elections, and we are confident that we will have peaceful elections. And of course, ourselves as the police service, we have to play our role in ensuring that we enforce the law where we are required to do so, and ensuring that there is stability in whatever volatile kind of areas and so forth, and ensuring that the elections are are quite peaceful. And I think we've seen that in the past. It's not the first time that South Africa is holding an election. An example, we have had peaceful elections before, and we have always been part of uh, such processes ourselves as the police service, and we will ensure that we do the same uh, this time around also in 2016.